Hello, Brian, and welcome back to Japan by River Cruise. And when I say welcome back, I mean welcome back to the second half of our 2022 year-end roundup. We're doing it. I'm Bobby Trudeau. It's, it's an absolute miracle. It's a Christmas miracle happening mid-January. It's a Christmas in January miracle. I'm Ollie Horn. Remember me from the first part of this, where we did a roundup of every single, that is right, every single story that emerged from Japan in the year of our Lord 2022. Through through June. Every single, don't, don't lie, Ali. We did every single story that emerged from Japan through That's June. Right. So we're going to finish the rest of them This off. is the historical record of everything that happened. Bobby, before we dive into it, uh, we had a good chit-chat before we did the, uh, the last episode, so we'll do the same now. I'll set some context. Sure. I'm calling in from... Barcelona. I'll say it again. Barcelona. That's where I'm calling in from. In a podcast studio that's kindly been lent to us by the Comedy Clubhouse. Um, so I promised to give them a plug. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, the Comedy Clubhouse. If you are in Barcelona, there is no finer place to experience international live stand-up comedy than the Comedy Clubhouse in Barcelona. It's genuinely, it's, it's a good, fun organization run by nice, passionate people. You said which was lent to us, like I'm reaping the benefits of this. <laughs> I just get to sit here and be jealous of you <laughs> hanging out in Spain and doing comedy and pronouncing words like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Doesn't it look good? I mean, the listeners can't <laughs> see this, but I like, I've got, what, what is this the Shaw SM7B? It's the one that like was made famous by all of the, the right-wing podcasters. That's the one that they went for. Then everyone follows. It's like the it's like a proper big chunky mic. Oh, so all the sponsored ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not the mic yeah. that I got secondhand for uh, for forty five dollars in America three years ago. But anyway, so that that's my context. Uh, I've been um, been hopping around Europe doing uh, the odd show, uh, prepping material for eventually going to Australia. So uh, on the assumption that we will be doing episodes in February and March, which we plan to, uh, I will be doing so from mm -hmm. Australia. If you'd like to watch me do live stand up comedy in either Perth, Adelaide, Golden Coast. Sydney, Melbourne, or one other place. Um, find out on my Instagram, Ollie Horn Comedy. Hmm. Is that a good plug? Yeah, sounds great. Oh, final thing. While I'm just doing plugs, if you're in London on the 2nd of February, please, for goodness sake, I've got 300 seats to fill and I'm not doing it. Come to the Top Secret Comedy Club. Maybe it shouldn't be top secret. Maybe we should let people know about it. Uh, 2nd of February, London. I'm doing the last hour I did. Please come to that. Right, there we go. Podcast done. <laughs> I've just, I've just plugged, plugged, plugged all the other stuff I'm doing. <laughs> Get it all out yeah, of exactly. the way. Yeah, uh, exactly. No, uh, yeah, please come no, to we that. need to keep going because we need to have an opportunity for you to plug something mid-show and then again at the that's end of the right. show. That's right. Well, it's definitely it's going to be the London one. If you look, if you are in London or you know someone that's in London, for goodness sake, come along. It's a good show. Um, and it's at 6 o'clock on a Thursday, which is obviously a terrible time for people to come out. Uh, so um, I'm Well, if we're doing this, uh, I'm actually going to be in Thailand over the next two weeks. I leave on Monday. So if if you're going to be in uh, uh, Bangkok or Phuket or Chiang Mai during the following two weeks and you'd like to catch me somewhere, uh, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> you want some time Don't. <laughs> if you happen to be there and you see me. You go to all three. Yeah, yeah. We fly into Bangkok and then take a train to Chiang Mai a couple of days later. And then we're going to fly to Phuket and hang out on the beach. Really nice. Which Do you know which part of Phuket you're going to? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't even. I, I don't even really believe that we're going. I haven't even really thought about it. I haven't packed. I haven't done anything. The only thing, the, the only reason that, that we kind of rushed to do this was because I realized uh, yesterday that if we didn't do it today, I wouldn't be able to do it because I'm. I'm hypothetically going to thailand right and and is this the one where you you said your wife found some like really really cheap flights so you thought right let's just let's just commit uh no no this was just kind of like she's she's been wanting to go for forever and we haven't had a family vacation uh overseas in forever because of covid sure. and and i think it was just one day that it was like yeah no it's been too long since we've done anything like that oh nice it's just gonna happen well my advice yeah. for phuket is don't bother with a big buddha absolute waste of time so we've been we've been like I think this would be the fifth time we've been to Thailand. Okay, so you're definitely not going to bother with the Big Buddha then. Yeah, probably not. Nice. Uh, how how else is everything going, says uh, Judo? <sighs> well, um, okay, I that guess I'm exhausted. Mm, I know, I, I know. I, well, so I didn't really think this whole Thailand thing through. Um, originally, I, th I figured we'd go for like, you know, four or five days at the most. Uh, and, and she went overboard. And so we're there for two weeks. She went overboard. And not oh, only are... Bobby Judo. She went that's, overboard. That's the yeah. kind of that's the kind of language we like. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so um, so 
It's a two-week trip, and you know, as a freelancer, if you're not working for two weeks, it's not just like that you're on vacation. It's also that there's no money coming in during those two and weeks. And also, you've got to and be on because pr- also, projects happen. So people message you saying, can you do this in three months' time? And yeah, you don't yeah. respond, then someone else gets it. And on top of that, uh, everything shuts down for the New Year's holiday. So I had like half a week of no work at the end of last month, mm. and then a full week of no work at the beginning of this month. and And then I took myself out of to the last two weeks of work. So I'm going to have to try to survive next month on one week's worth of salary. And not only that, but like, like this week was the week that, that I was trying to get everything done that I could just to kind of, uh, make up for it. And I'm so out of the rhythm of waking up for these super early morning shoots. So I do the Friday Namachuke, the Friday um, on location uh, broadcast during the morning show. And since I moved to Karatsu, it's like an hour away from the TV station. And then you get to the TV station and you drive to wherever the location is, which could be up to a two hour drive. And you have to be there to set up by 5.15 in the morning for a six o'clock shoot. So that's a potentially three hour commute to get to somewhere by five o'clock in the morning. Goodness me. So they at least let you nap in the production vehicle. Oh yeah, yeah, I sleep in the rokish. I I bring a pillow and a blanket, (laughs) but- um, What a diva. (laughs) Yeah, but so uh, Friday mornings, my Friday schedule is is generally like, the morning namachuke, which I'm up at two or three to get to, and then I do a radio show, and then I go back to KBC and do a different show, unless I'm not scheduled for that show, in which case I go to Saga and do a namachuke. And so the, my Friday schedule is insane, which is why I'm always exhausted. And this morning, this first time back this year, the director that I'm working with, I was like, oh, and you remember that I'm not here the next two weeks, right? And he was like, yeah. Uh, you're going to America, right? And I said, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm actually going to America later this year. He said, so what are you taking off for? And I said, refresh QK, which is a really common way for, for a TV person to say, like, I'm not going to be here because I'm out for, for a vacation. They call it a refresh QK. How, how, how would you translate it, refresh QK? A, 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 a QK is a, a pause, a break, right? A break, yeah. So a, a, a break for... Rest and relaxation, I guess. That does just a vac- It just means a vacation. That does sound like something on a soap plan menu. It does. It does. But but for like uh, TV kyoku shine, they generally like for the main MC or the main casters. Whenever they're out, they say they're they're taking a refresh QK, which kind of makes it seem like you know we need to let this person have some some time off just so they don't lose it. Yeah. Uh, but so I said I was taking refresh QK, and the director went. Oh my god. Which is like you're yeah, and I wanted to just sock him right in the jaw. But he, he was Translate basically like quickly, what yeah. do you need a what do you need a break for? It was was what do you need a break for? Your job is is uh, a vacation. Yeah. Which is like yeah, I understand that it kind of looks that way, but I don't like I'm up from two o'clock and then I work until like nine o'clock at night most nights. So and and I I haven't had a day off. Like the entire last half of last year i almost never had a day sure. off. um this is so. also on top of you uh, opening up your restaurant as well that's why i never had a day off yeah, yeah. all right well this is a <laughs> what, what a start to this show i'm by twins i'm sure there's lots of listeners that, that that can empathize that um when you're freelancing it it just doesn't stop and even and even you know i, yeah, I get yeah. this you know ollie you're spending a week in barcelona uh eating tapas and gigging yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm comfortably on my laptop four or five hours a day just doing admin. You know, just finding out little things like, for example, I'm doing these shows in Perth. And um, the if you go to the Perth Fringe website now and search for my name, my show is cancelled. Like it says that the tickets are not yeah. on sale because of some error that some, you know, just, just someone else with a laptop, presumably also a, a busy freelancer yeah. that's phoning it in like I am. Um, so, yeah, I, I know exactly the feeling that, um, you know, you're just constantly, constantly fighting fires. Well, there's one thing that's coming in next year that I'm I'm excited about that's going to help a little bit. And I can't believe I am kicking myself so hard right now for being so out of the rhythm of this show. I can't believe I haven't told you this. Because if this is a you, River Cruise related thing. As soon as I say it, you will understand as soon as I say it. Starting next April, Here we go. I am. This is not a joke. <laughs> 
Also, this is also not we, we've, we've not had a chat before this show. So it's like, this is, I'm hearing this for the first time. So yeah, uh, don't consider this a betrayal, please. I'm not turning my back on, on Japan by River Cruise. I am not. But oh, here we go. starting sick. next April. <laughs> it's like it's like receiving the text am... message saying we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Managing no. the Karatsu Yacht Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. In name, in name. And this came about because uh, the the, <laughs> the the appointed designated managers of the Yacht Harbor, their contract was up. And it's a bid gig. It's like, you know, a company puts in a bid to manage the Yacht Harbor. And it's a public facility. And Karatsu has like a pretty, a pretty vibrant sport yachting community. They've got some like high schools that, that uh, do yachting competitions and things like right. that. So the um, the contract was up, and there was a competition for to win the bid. And you bid for to it. manage the yacht harbor. This company from Kanagawa uh, manages the one in Fukuoka, and they have a bunch of local connections. And they they did really good things with the one in Fukuoka, where um, generally yacht harbors are like kind of perceived as private clubs. Rich people who have yachts pay dues to to dock there right. and they use them as kind of their own private facilities. And, uh, <laughs> and so this one in Karatsa has been managed by like some construction company. It's just a bunch of rich people. And like the average person doesn't even know that they're allowed to go sure. there, but the Fukuoka one, they flipped it to doing like all sorts of farmers markets and events and, uh, uh, marine leisure, marine leisure. Mm. Um, they do like sup yoga, they built a dog run, they built uh, a public like stage for a dock. And so the city would love it if this place turned a profit. Uh, they'd love it if it became, um, a tourist site and brought people in from, from Fukuoka or other places. Sure. So they were looking for someone who could come in and, and handle the management. Uh, and this company from Kanagawa, who does the one in Fukuoka, partnered with Showa Bus, and oh, okay. they were like, "We want to submit the a bid." Showa but, Bus, they do the tourist bus, don't they? Uh, Showa Bus is is just like a bus company. Yeah, but I, I, they I, do I don't, don't they, public transportation. Don't they also? I'm yeah. sure they do tourist buses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they they do as well. But they they do public transportation around sure. here. But as one of the requirements for uh, entering your bid, you need to have a local Karatsu company in the mix. And so they came to us uh, through some connections and we're like, well, you've got a company, you just moved to Karatsu, you've got this public profile. Would you like to uh, be a part of this bid? And you'll just be, you're, you're just a name, your company's just a name on there. You know, if we ever need commercials and stuff or like event hosting, we can come to you and hire you for that. If you want to sell your barbecue sauce at the barbecue place we open up there, that's fine. But generally, we just need you to be the name yeah. of the Karatsu company in this project. And I said, yeah. And I said, and if you if we win it, do I get paid? And they said, yeah, we get a fee for Shitekanri. And we're basically renting your name to be able to do this. Uh, so, yeah, you'll you'll get a monthly fee from what we get right. paid. And what they get paid is massive. And I get a little bit, like a tiny, tiny bit of their massive fee. Yeah. But so now, now our company manages Yacht Harbor. <laughs> and, I, I was, and I don't have to do anything. I, I, and I'll get, I'll get paid every month for the next five I years. I was expecting this negotiation to go, yeah, yeah, well, let's not talk bunts. Let's not talk money. How many times can I go on yeah. these boats? Let, do, I, do, I get a, do I get a sailor's hat? Did you mention that you have the uh, most successful Japan River Cruise podcast in Japan? I did. I did. When they first came in, they were like, "Do, you, do you, are you into boats? And I was like, am I into boats? freshwater guy. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> well, that's brilliant. Well, okay, well, so when I, when I, come, when I yeah. come to Japan in May, can I go and see your harbor, please? Oh, of course, of course, of That's course. That's so great. Yeah, so we we start managing in April. Perfect, the inaugural month. Are, are you allowed to put like cruise boats in the yacht in the yacht harbor, or is it just is it just yachts? I mean, I, I'm I'm assuming I'm assuming that I can do whatever I yeah, want. You, it's your harbor. It's literally your harbor. <laughs> Should we fill it with swan boats? <laughs> 
<laughs> they, they want to turn it into a new marine leisure hotspot. We've actually had a couple of meetings about like what everybody's role was going to be, and and uh, we had a big a big. Um, they're they're trying to connect it to a larger Karatsu tourism initiative, and uh, yeah, I mean, if they they want to make it a marine leisure hotspot, I can I can rock up and be like, okay, <laughs> this is my pitch. Oh, that's so great! Well, well done. Four hundred swan boats. Well done. That isn't isn't life odd? Would you ever would you ever have believed when you signed up for the jet program fifteen years ago that you'd be uh, managing a marine? No, no. So so here's the thing. So I've been doing. Um, I've been doing translation for uh, for an animation company. I've been doing interpretation and translation for an animation company in Tokyo called Polygon Pictures, uh, where um, – I don't know. Do you know the comedian Bill Miller from Tokyo? Yes, yes, Tokyo yes, 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 yes. He's one of the producers there, and he, he – when – during corona, when I was short on cash, uh, I was looking around for interpretation jobs, and he was like, oh, we actually – we hire freelancers. So I've been doing like one – uh, day a month, oh no, one day a week, um, remote translating and interpreting for this just normal animation studio production company. What kind and of thing? They just know me mostly. Uh, a lot of Netflix projects. They did um, uh, Pacific Rim, The Black. Uh, they do. Um, they're doing some stuff for Marvel. They're doing some stuff for Disney. I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to be specific, I was say, but like, I can only presume you mistranslated the NDA that you had to sign. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a one with a panda now called Stillwater or something like okay. that. I think it's a it's a it's on Netflix. But they they like they're a major company. They're very award winning. Very yeah, nice. They do a lot of good work. Um, but so so they know me as just a translator, as just an interpreter and a translator. And there's a weekly meeting, and someone in the weekly meeting follows me on Instagram. And every once in a while, they'll be like, "So you're did I see?" you're a tv reporter in like the month the weekly meeting and i'm like oh yeah yeah maybe that's my main gig and they're like okay that's cool that you're also here and then the next week they're like did i see that you opened a barbecue <laughs> restaurant i'm like oh yeah that's my other main gig <laughs> it's like do you and, and it came up in the the last meeting that i i got this yacht harbor bid <laughs> and they're like what what do you do <laughs> What is your life? Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's there. That's well, that, but isn't that exactly the? You know, there are so many people that just do stuff in Japan because they're in Japan. You know, you, you just never, yeah. never dream of doing um in your home country. Well, well done. Can't wait for them to find out that you have a River Cruise podcast next week. Um, and to really seal that deal. Yep. Good. All right. <laughs> Anything else to to catch up on, or should we um should we finally create the uh historical record for all of news of twenty twenty two? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Right. Okay. So uh, in the last episode, we had a look at the months January, February, March, April, May, and June. And so we're going to start with July. The biggest story. Just give it, let, let everybody to take a minute to write that down. <laughs> uh, those are the first six months of the That's year. That's right. You're going to want to make a note of that. It'll help you. It'll help you this year because they'll be the same. That's months. right. I would, I would always get the names of the months wrong. Which obviously is mad in Japanese because they just follow the numbers. But I would always get Getsu and Gatsu mixed up. I'd always catch myself. I'd, I'd, I would never know whether it's Ichigatsu or Ichigetsu. It's Gatsu, isn't it? It's Gatsu, Ichigatsu. Yeah. And then one month is Ikagetsu. Ikagetsu. Yeah, Ikagetsu. Yeah, yeah, right. Good. All right. Well, um, at least we've taught some Japanese on this show. Uh, so the biggest story in July, which is the uh, seventh month of the year, which means it's Nana Ga wrong it's shigatsu give him time give him time to write it down they're still july is j-u-l-y <laughs> and it's seventh um abe former prime minister and former alive person abe was assassinated now this is a story that we covered mm. quite comprehensively about three months late uh with uh, jake edelstein so feel free to go and check out the episode if you want uh, the actual in-depth news but I wonder whether it's worth um and this was this was yeah it's a good I think it's called why was Abe assassinated yes and it's the only it's the only uh one of our titles that's not some sort of pun or not some sort of joke in the title and that's not out of respect I want to make this clear <laughs> it's not out of respect for someone's death it's because Ali was like this will get more hits on an algorithm yeah and guess what Bobby it did what cool yeah loads of people uh so, hey, 
let's let's stick with that. Let's also title this one why it was Abe assassinated. <laughs> well, no, but why don't why don't we put what people actually Google? Something completely unrelated. What do people Google? Um Bobby Judo divorce. <laughs> Actually, that's true. Oh, can we do that? <laughs> Just before we... I've, I've always wanted to do this with you. Let's do it now. If I type in Bobby Judo on, uh, on like, Google, the things that come up are yeah. you as a YouTuber, then it's Bobby Judo Wikipedia. So you have a Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. The next one is Bobby Judo wife. Mm-hmm. Do you have a wife? Mm-hmm. I do, yeah. Uh-huh. As, as of the recording, <laughs> yes. <laughs> then the next one is Bobby Judo real name. Is Bobby Judo your real name? Mm-hmm. It is not. Okay. And uh, have you told the story on the podcast of how you got the, the uh, name Bobby Judo? It's got nothing to do with Judo, has it? I'm sure. I've told it so many places. I'm so, so bored of Fine. this story. Um, it, then it says Bobby Judo age. Uh, are you still early 30s? No, uh, no, I am almost 40. But I mean, for the sake of uh, professional castings and uh, other entertainment engagements. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 16 to 25. <laughs> That's right. Um, then the next one is Bobby Judo parents. Okay, well, huh? Um, your mum's still living her best life. Yes, yeah, she's doing good. She's doing good. Uh, so if you do this in Japanese, one of the ones that you will get is Bobby Judo Rikon, which is divorce. Mm. And if you click it, you will get an article that says, "When researching Bobby Judo, the topic of divorce comes up." And then it goes into depth about how there's nothing online anywhere, nothing in the news anywhere about me being divorced. Uh, And the only place that it comes up is in this article. And uh, the reason that it does is because they write – there's an algorithm that just generates articles based on keyword. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean – but it's that was when I first when someone first sent that to me, I was it was infuriating. Like I pretended I didn't find it on my own. Um, <laughs> but there's going to be a kind of a race to the bottom of these things, isn't there? I, actually, in this very podcast studio, I recorded another podcast with a, a, a comedian called Dr. Matt Murtha. He does a science podcast, and we were talking about AI, about how like AI is just going to generate all of this content infinitely. So all of this kind of nonsense yeah. is going to basically, I, I think it's going to settle to the bottom. It's going to be like sediment. There's going to be so much of it. Um, it, 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 you know, it won't appear anymore. Um, and then. Yeah. Uh, so when I Google Ali Horn, oh, here we go. I get Ali. And this is important. If I Ali Horn space, because I guess there's an Ali Horner is that... and then an Ali Horn who plays rugby. Mm. But Ali Horn space. Yeah. Um, I get Ali Horn comedian. Okay. Ali Horn Paris, yep. Ali Horn Fringe, Ali Horn Twitter, and Ali messaged you on Facebook, which is uh, the bookmark tab. My Facebook icon doesn't show up as Facebook. <laughs> it shows up as Ali messaged you. Okay, that's clearly been personalized. All right, well, I guess there's nothing too salacious. You've also got Bobby Judo Cycling and Bobby Judo Cyclist. It's nice that you present a show about cycling and you become a cyclist. Yeah. Nice. Okay, well, nothing too salacious. Um uh, this has just reminded me about Bobby Judo parents. One of the funniest things that my ex ever did was ask you how your dad was just days after, <laughs> just days after, uh, days after you revealing that he passed. No. So no, it wasn't days after. You got to be more fair to her than okay. that. But it, but it was, it was that I hadn't seen her in a long time, yeah. and w- the last time was right around the time that my my dad had died. And you went back to and America to celebrate his life. I went back to America. And she did not remember what had happened, but she remembered that there was something bad that had happened in my family. Yes. And she and she was being thoughtful and she was trying to show that she remembered that I had gone through something. But she asked me how my dad was. And I said, the same. <laughs> 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 and, and she could tell from my reaction that that she had asked me something weird. She was horrified. Like, she, like I, I made it clear I, that she'd asked something weird. And her interpretation of that was, oh, I got the wrong parent. And she meant, oh, I meant, how is your mom? <laughs> and I was like, sad. <laughs> she, and for me and you, for me and you, it was so funny. It was so like we were both cracking up over it, but she felt so of course bad. She did. How's your dad? Still dead. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. So we we had the the news that Prime Minister Abe 
uh, was shot. Now, as I said, we've we've covered this uh, in quite some detail on a previous podcast, but why don't we take a little step back? It's um, it's it is old news by now. I mean, six months on, there doesn't seem to be anything, you know, like the, the, the you know the the idea of his kind of legacy or the idea that this um would change some laws or you know that this would increase security around politicians this hasn't really affected much Mm. has it i haven't been paying enough attention to definitely say that that's the case but i feel like it's the case yeah that counts right totally totally i mean we're we're a podcast bobby the um (laughs) I, I, i i i mean i think what's interesting is that that um that moment where he was shot obviously the video got released it's nowhere near as iconic as like jfk or whatever um yeah but uh i do still think the funniest thing is his bodyguards going wait a minute i i think i've got to do something now you know there's there's that there's that there's that moment where the one who has the, the the kind of fake briefcase which becomes a um a bullet vest right once he yeah. hears a shot, he's like, oh, God, that's bad. And then there's a moment which clicks like, and I've got to do something about it. Yeah. Because they're, so, yeah. they're just so, so not prepared. So we, we did the show with Jake, and uh, we, we tried to do it so many times that a lot of jokes ended up like in first drafts, of, and they didn't make it to the final show. Yeah. But that, that was my joke, was like, I'd prepare for this show the same way that Abe's uh, <laughs> Secret Police did, which is by doing absolutely nothing. Um but the other really funny thing about that show, if you do go check it out, is pay attention to the fact that Jake uh, consistently refers to the former prime minister, Abe, as just Abe, and and the always calls the assassin Yamagami-san. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he does it subconsciously, but it's so funny. That's right. And and that, but that on, on the legacy thing, one thing that Jake did kind of correctly predict was that this, um, the the motivation of the assassin. Uh, was to do with with this church, quote unquote church, uh, which was um, appropriating yeah. money from from vulnerable people, and his mother's mm-hmm. life savings essentially got 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 swallowed up by them. But that that um, in that instance at least, sunlight does seem to have been a disinfectant, right? I also cannot say for sure that that's the case, but it definitely has. I mean, I think in the first couple days when the motivation started to come out. Um, they wouldn't even really refer to the Unification Church by name in the news. They would they would call it a specific religious organization. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I mean, the motivation is understood now. And actually, just on the news today, uh, Yamagami has finished his um, evaluation for mental fitness to stand trial. Oh, interesting. And he has been declared mentally fit. He understands the difference between right and wrong, and he understands that what he did was killing somebody and that he did it intentionally um but his comments in terms of of the evaluation process what were things like uh i i just got so tired of talking about the same things over and over again and i wanted to talk more about the church i wanted to talk more about the church you should be asking me about the church right 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 yeah yeah well as far as i can tell from the limited research i did for this episode there have been there was an investigation um a governmental investigation in october and one more happening this month january um and they the 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 deadline for the church to respond was this week and so that they should be um they should be releasing some report and this was all to do with the question of how they um whether they're compliant with how they're soliciting donations because this is um, the translation for, for what they would do was invoking negative ancestral karma. This basically idea that you can you can get vulnerable people, you can get um, grieving people, you can get bereaved people, and kind of say that you're giving this money in their legacy. Um, or if you don't give this money, then yeah. you know they're going to hell or, or something like that. Um, and apparently, that there's already a law which um, which prevents that kind of thing uh, because of the because of yeah. the, the, there were some mad cults that happened in the early nineties. I mean, isn't it interesting that actually, um, you know, this guy's this guy's motivation for for for, for killing Abe have had an impact. Like he kind of got what he wanted. Well, I mean, that's in the news today. They asked him what he wanted, and he said, "I wanted to go to college." So he he did not get exactly. Well, he can do what that he in wanted, prison, but, uh, Sure. So yeah, we can move on to August, I suppose. August, uh, Japan's government launched a campaign 
to encourage uh, the younger generations to drink more <laughs> alcohol. And <laughs> when I read this, I think headline, when I first... it was like it was like you know, have you seen the thick of it, which is the the kind of the the West Wing, like the British version of West Wing. It this seems like the kind of policy you come no. up with in the back of a taxi on the way to a press conference, where you just need you need yeah, something, yeah. You, need, you need to announce something. Well, it's, the headline here on this one is Japan urges its young people to drink more to boost economy, um, and there's a lot there's a lot behind the scenes in this one. Um, the there's been over the the past couple of I say over the past ten years there've been pretty regularly increases in uh, the taxes levied on different kinds of alcohol mm. and so things have gotten a lot more expensive and also uh, the corona situation had uh, establishments that serve alcohol really really hurting financially um, and also a uh, generational tastes changing younger generations don't drink as much Japanese sake uh, the Japanese Nihonshu. Uh, as much as they do uh, beer and whiskey and, you know, craft uh, spirits. So, so, and shochu, of course. But uh, so this kind of sounded like it was just an ad campaign being like, hey, drink, you guys should drink. But what it actually was, was a contest to ask t- people who uh, 20, 20s to 30s, so me, uh, people in their <laughs> 20s to 30s, to share their business ideas to kickstart demand for alcohol among their peers. What a mad way of going about things. Hmm. Japan does need to drink less. Japan's got a massive drinking problem. It's got a huge drinking problem. I think it's got... Um, and I like. I just want to make it clear. I'm not, I don't, I'm not criticizing this from the outside. I am doing my part for Japan's economy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's probably got the the one of the highest functioning alcoholism uh, levels of any country yeah, in the yeah. world. If there's any if there's anyone online that wants to leave a negative comment saying you're not a patriot, then you just need to show Kambini records for buying single cans of beer after 11 p.m. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, High, highballs, but yeah, <laughs> right. But I mean, you know, lots of countries have have a, a reputation for drinking. Japan doesn't seem to have doesn't seem to have the same. You know, like the the British were really good at at binge drinking and kind of falling out of nightclubs and being messy. It's normalised that yeah. men in suits will sleep on a train platform until the first train because they're so drunk and go to the same convenience store they went to when they were pre gaming and buy a new shirt. Or buy new underwear that they've that they've soiled. Like there's an economy yeah, around yeah. Uh, su- support, you know, supporting al- al- alcoholics. Be alcoholic. The stats on the number of young people not drinking is astonishing. And I had a chat with a comedy club owner about this. That comedy clubs are basically um, mm. vessels for for selling alcohol, right? You know, the the comedy that happens on stage is secondary to to um to to, to the income yeah. made by the bar. Well, I mean, so are restaurants, so are clubs, so so are I mean, sure. Any kind of service industry, leisure industry, entertainment industry, the money is made from alcohol sales. Yeah, and I, I, I wish I could have got it up because I, I didn't know that we were going to veer in this direction. But I saw a fascinating graph on uh, Twitter not so long ago looking at under 35s who aren't drinking. And the number of 12 to 17-year-olds who have never had a drink is increasing. And the number of 17 to 25-year-olds who regularly don't drink or are completely teetotal um, is, is as much as a, uh, as a third in the UK. And that's never been that high a proportion. Um, I mean, that might be because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, weed and CBD and that kind of thing uh, is being legalized in a number of countries. So people are just opting for that uh, in, instead of alcohol. But yeah, it, it's it's absolutely fascinating that so much of the of, of the economy revolves around drinking and the Nomi Hordai culture, the, the all you can drink culture, certainly for comedy for Corker. You know, I, I know from my experience of negotiating with venues in Japan, you very rarely talk about the, the rental charge, the rentadadai. You're talking about how many drinks per customer you can guarantee are going to be sold. So you will say something like, I want to rent this space uh, on a on a Friday evening. And they'll say, yeah, great. Will there be at least two drinks sold per customer? If so, you're going to pay the difference. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, clearly, clearly a, g- a good thing if... Um, if this campaign is necessary, because it means that more and more young people are not drinking to excess. Yeah. Yeah. And I really do think like the, the, um, the taxes on alcohol are, are having an effect as well. And not only, I mean, people are drinking the cheaper stuff that's worse for you. And actually, so I'm, I'm 
mostly completely off of Twitter these days. Um, well, but well I, done. I will like log in, uh, maybe once a week to just kind of check notifications. And so I logged in yesterday, maybe. And every time I do, I'm instantly reminded why I don't want to be there. But it was somebody, I don't, don't want to mention account names, but somebody had tweeted something about how, you know, a beer at, in their own country was like $6.50. And here in Japan, you could get a can of beer at the Kumbini for the equivalent of less than a dollar. Yep. And I, my first instinct was literally to be like, nope, you can't. You can't, <laughs> like, you, you can't. And what you think is beer is not beer. It's haposhu, which is not beer. It's it's some ch- cheap ass shit. That's I did not. I didn't know this. Drink. I've never it's heard. Bad. Do you mean the the beer that you get from a tap? No, no. Uh, well, you can get haposhu from a tap as oh. well. Because I mean, people always say, "Oh, when you get nomi holiday, it's watered down." It's like still beer. Still beer. Uh, so haposhu is not technically beer. I've, I'd have to look up the difference, but but it's not doesn't count as full beer. Uh, and if they're selling nomi hodai at, um, it's a low malt beer. If they're selling if they're giving you haposhu at, it's a beer like beverage that has a malt content of less than two thirds, whereas beer has a malt content of over it. Haposhu is cheaper than beer due to Japan's tax on alcohol. The higher the malt content, the higher the taxes. So it's called if they are dai selling you a beer like beverage, nomi hodai, they they've got to tell you. Interesting. Well, I didn't know that. By the way, top tip for anyone considering going on um, on vacation in Japan: almost all of the breweries give a free experience and it's always really great is it free yeah well certainly the the asahi and kirin factories in fukuoka they're free yeah you don't pay yeah you rock up oh for real and they give you free beer at the end yeah yeah i like yeah you're right yeah i think they're i think they're free and they often have english speaking Um, guides i like the i like the idea of yeah have you seen that uh the mitchell and webb sketch of a of a drunk it's actually quite sad one like a lot of comedy it's really we've talked about this before it's really really it's it's, it's really funny i think we've talked about it it's really funny but also really sad but i like i like the idea of um of, of someone doing an entire hour and a half tour of a beer factory to get their two free beers at the end and then going yeah. I'm so interested in the malting process. I think I'm going to, yeah, I think I'll take another <laughs> tour. Yeah, why not? Yeah. The point was that it was uh, Twitter, somebody saying something that was just kind of misinformed and then other people immediately going, you're misinformed. And then that person like doubling down and being like, this is why this platform is awful. Everybody's just aggressive and fighting on here. And it's like, well, yes and no. Right. But also you, you were wrong and couldn't handle somebody telling you that you weren't correct and it's just like you, you gotta get away from yeah, that yeah. shit i've started writing about this when you show that, that now people understand clinical vocabulary they they misapply it like they say that you know like exactly that someone says something objectively incorrect on twitter someone responds by going no and then their response is not okay fair enough but you've actually disrespected my boundaries right here and this is toxic behavior uh, <laughs> yeah stop gaslighting me exactly exactly ali ali you're getting into the right wing territory that that podcast mic is supposed to be used for oh nice yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> the um the, yeah the, the woke uh, stopping me from speaking my mind should we move on to september <laughs> uh sure Oh, uh, before that, though, I wanted to say the second story that I had listed in August was that at the time it was Japan uh, endured its worst COVID-19 wave of the time. And to give you an idea of what that worst COVID-19 wave of the time was, they reported uh, the second higher uh, number of second highest number of deaths in the world after the United States Um of deaths, which was one thousand six hundred and twenty-four in a week. Yeah, Japan last August had a week where they had one thousand six hundred and twenty-four COVID deaths, which was at the time the second highest number of deaths in the world. And just to give you an update on how things are going over here, compare that one thousand six hundred and twenty-four to this week's total, which is over twenty-five hundred. Oh, yeah, we had 45 people die of COVID yesterday, just in Fukuoka alone, and it is business as usual. I don't want to open this can of worms, though. Um, 
Although that that's okay. that said, that said, here in Spain, uh, I just saw I I took a bus to come to the podcast studio because I'm a man of the people, and uh, a woman got kicked off the bus for not wearing a mask, and the driver did it in a really smart way because the driver stopped the bus, yeah, went up to her and was like, "Can you wear your mask, please?" Everyone here wears a mask on buses at least, um, and she went, "Oh, oh, I'm so I'm so I'm so sorry, I forgot my mask. I'm only I'm only getting off at the next stop. At least I presume I don't speak Spanish or Catalan or whatever she was speaking." Um, and he went, "Okay, yeah, he went, yeah. okay, it's no problem. Come with me." And he beckoned her to the front of the bus as if he had a box of masks that he was about to give her, and so she and so yeah. she followed him and he went off. <laughs> And kicked us straight off the bus. <laughs> so it was obviously a, cl- like a yeah. really well rehearsed routine that he's got, which is, oh, you haven't got a mask. Don't worry about it. Come over here. Don't worry about it, love. Come on, I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Very smart. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, all, it's all a nonsense because it is only public transport now that um, that, that yeah. you can't, uh, you know, that you're obliged to wear a mask. All the rest is uh, is a free for all. And the UK, I actually, there are so many shops just now don't even sell masks in the UK. We, we have completely given up. Yeah. Next up is September. Ali, what's your story for September? Um, I mean, all of the stories for September. My story for September is Japan intervening to prop up the yen for the first time since 1998. This story, um, this story is, of course, about the fact that the yen was tumbling and, pl- and plummeting, uh, to, to use the language that journalists like, like to use. Um, yep. And uh, so... Basically, they 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 tried to uh, stabilize the currency, causing a very brief surge. I mean, it didn't. In the end, we know it didn't didn't really do much uh, because uh, it it continued to uh, to plummet. Um, but it it meant yes. that Japan was the only country in the world to retain negative interest rates, um, which obviously has a huge effect on on people living in Japan. Um, and uh, it also meant that the cost of loads of stuff in Japan continued to rise not just because of the the general price rises caused by the crisis in ukraine and the cost of oil and all the other nonsense uh, but also japan's currency being weaker but this coincided very well of course with um people um going into japan japan being on a nice big discount for them yeah. bobby do you i mean i think a lot of people listening to this podcast who have money in dollars and uh, japanese yen care about this i remember at the time seeing facebook posts mm-hmm. of people like i've got student loans to pay off in america and if this continues to happen the money i'm earning in japan is so weak i'm not going to be able to pay them back i remember seeing stories at the time of uh japanese individuals that were taking working holiday visas to go and pick plants in australia for twice what they were earning uh doing their their minimum wage job uh, in, in in japan how did this mm-hmm. affect you? All of my earning is in yen. Yeah. And I don't have any debt in the US left over. I, I paid off all of the rest of my debt, uh, I think, my US debt five years ago. That's good. So I haven't had any uh, debt to pay so, down. I do still have an American credit card that I occasionally use, and I have not been using that at all. Are you one of these people then that stubborn that, that are opposed the, um, the student loan cancellation policy? You know, these absolute morons that go, well, I've paid off my loans and therefore, therefore, am I one of those absolute morons? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, <laughs> I paid off my loans. So everybody else also has to has to do yeah, it. I, I never uh, understand that logic. I died of cancer, so no one should ever cure. cancer. Exactly. Exactly. The, exactly that. The, the, these these kind of people yeah. would walk into the, the moment that penicillin was discovered and, and throw it out the window. Yeah. Going, How dare you? If I'm dying, everyone else is. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, well, well done. I didn't know you'd done that. The UK system in that regard is way better that we do have student loans, but they are tied to earnings. So it's a, it's like a, it's a government program. So it's essentially a tax after you graduate. So if you don't earn a lot of money, mm. which I don't, um, you don't end up paying them off. I think they get written off automatically after 20 years, 25 years, something like that. By the way, thank you for assuming that my debt was from student loans. No follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're an educated guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so all my all my earnings are in yen. Uh, occasionally, I have a U.S. credit card that I use for like online shopping or or to buy plane tickets or things like that. But I've not been using that at all. And I do have a little bit of cash in dollars in the bank in the U.S. And I've been doing my best to not 
touch it because this is the worst time to go overseas. The worst time was a couple of weeks ago, um, mm. but the, the worst time to go overseas and have to spend yen. It's it seems like this. I mean, this isn't going to pack up. To, this isn't going to go back up to to what it was before. So it, it's also affected my business in that uh, we buy a lot of like um, uh, imported products from overseas to use in the restaurant, like and they've all gone way like uh, meat, like spare ribs. Um, like, is it still cheaper uh, than buying domestic? produce yes lots it's still much cheaper than buying domestic produce because they don't they don't typically sell like big cuts of back ribs and spare ribs and um yeah they're just very very expensive costco is by far the cheapest place to get anything right okay even though it's even though it's gone up uh but so yeah so the yen was tumbling and it continued to tumble into the next month the next month was which was which was when it actually hit uh, 150 yen, yeah. which is another kind of historic low in, I think in our that, lifetimes. That was the lowest for something like 35 years, right? So yeah. just just yeah, yeah. longer than your lifetime. <laughs> just longer. And now it's back to 128. Right. But still low. And this is all basically, it's partly down to American fiscal policy, right? Uh, it, it's, it's partly down to the, um, the US central bank trying to you, curb inflation. Brian, you couldn't hear this, but I just made a face that communicated how the fuck should I know? Well, I, I've, I've, well I mean, I've, 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 I'm, vague, I'm vaguely interested in, in like the money markets because I, I, re- I don't really understand it. But it definitely, I mean, it definitely affected me last year when I was um, stupidly trying to get a property. The idea that interest rates can just go up because, you know, because nothing I've, <laughs> no, no fault of my own, right? And it's like, so I started looking yeah. into like, why have interest rates gone up? And it's still to do with America. Like, ultimately, like some some boffin in in Santander that decided that um, in six months' time, uh, I was higher risk than I was six months before, um, was was to do with the fact that, um, well, was to do with American interest rates, apparently. Anyway, who who yeah. cares? Um, and Japan continues to have this, uh, to have a trade deficit, the UK is planning to strengthen its ties with um, Japan to do even more trade deals. And Kishida was in the UK this week um, discussing yeah. what they call the reciprocal access arrangement, uh, which um, is to do with uh, defense and security. Um, but that's kind of like a carrot that's also been used to that's been used to try and um, strengthen uh, trade um, and also um the um what's it called the the tttp the trans-pacific partnership but the new one the progressive one you know tpp yeah the new but one. it's been rebranded um, hasn't it um yeah but anyway I can't remember the, the point is i mean if the uk is going to have any benefit from leaving the eu and so far it hasn't um it's going to have to be to do really ambitious trade deals uh with countries like japan on services not just goods um so it seems that um yeah it seems that that's that's one of the ways in which yeah. japan's going to leverage having a lower yen and and hopefully it'll it'll bring in tourists it hasn't had the huge effect that uh, it should be having but hopefully um if it stays low it'll it'll at least boost the tourist tourism economy which needs the boost nice um so yeah we we mentioned the next month october that was when it tumbled even further and hit 150 to the dollar the 150 uh line that mark the 150 die the 150s uh was the lowest that it did go uh, but October was also the month that uh, we saw a bunch of indictments and arrests for Tokyo 2020 Olympic bribery. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> in 2022, they finally got around to to uh, to arresting and handing well, out that- uh, bribery, not of the Olympic Committee uh, for selecting Tokyo, but for uh, the people in charge of handing out sponsorships. Right. Um, well, let's just be fair. The Tokyo 2020 sh- Olympics didn't actually happen in 2020. So it's not like they've sat on this for two years. <laughs> no, only one year. Um, but so the, the guy, Ueno Shinichi, who was president of the uh, Japanese advertising firm ADK. I totally missed these stories when they happened. I do a lot of jobs for ADK. Do you? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a thing like... Um, uh, dense where it's like national and they've got branches and and everywhere and they've, they've got it's ADK holding so it's they do all different kinds of stuff but yeah I do I do a bunch of work for ADK uh, in Fukuoka 
Um, but I guess they were in charge of handing out the advertising uh, sponsorship rights for the Olympics. And they just took a bunch of money uh, to do that. So there were indictments for uh, places like Kadokawa, the publisher, uh, for bribing. And then there was the arrest of uh, the president of ADK for accepting the bribes. This isn't bribes of the decision maker necessarily, is it? So the guy who got arrested from ADK, his name was Ueno Shinichi. And he was connected to um, a member of the Tokyo organizing committee named Takahashi. Right. Haruyuki, Takahashi Haruyuki, who uh, had been arrested on suspicion a bunch of times already with three other firms. But what he was doing was he was uh, selecting the Olympic sponsors. Right. And uh, wielding influence over the selection of sponsors for the Olympics. So, you know, you get different uh, bids of competitors saying, I want to be the sponsor. I want to be the sponsor. Yeah, yeah. You might get, you know, Lixel comes in and says, I want to be the homemaker sponsor. And Toho Home says, no, we want to. And, and one of them, neither one of them did that I'm aware, but for example, um, but then also, uh, kind of like the contracts for, um, to places to like make official products officially, like, yeah, official I saw there was one of, the, one of them was the, the stuffed toys. Yeah. 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 What yeah. man, if you're accepting bribes, why do you do so on such a massive scale? If I, if I were in that kind of position, I'd totally accept bribes, but for like, buy me lunch, you know? Like, let's just go get a really nice lunch. <laughs> I'm serious. Obviously, you're going to get found out if you're um, accepting $500,000. It's, it's, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend I don't see the appeal of $500,000 over lunch. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you got to do this kind of stuff and assume that you're going to get away with it is pretty is pretty pretty um what's the word short-sighted yeah and it's, it's brazen too I, I watched an absolutely wonderful thing on channel four in the uk a musical uh, about prince andrew um which is written by kieran hodgson i've forgotten his name who's been on the circuit for a long mm -hmm. time doing uh solo shows and character work and he's a, a just a wonderful talent and prince andrew of course is our disgraced um uh, can you say he's a pedophile yeah, not enough people listen to this. Sure. Um, are you are you asking me to say? Are you asking that like <laughs> philosophically, or are you, well, do you I mean, want me to say it because you it's, don't want it's to say it? It's mutually our podcast. If if the royal family decides to sue us, then I guess we're both on the hook. Um, yeah. Basically, uh, we we are saying that Prince Andrew is a pedophile, he, and uh, that is not the royal we. <laughs> um, but he uh, anyway. The, the the reason I thought the musical was done in good taste was because it didn't make light of the credible claims by his alleged victims. I think it's really hard to write a musical about about an alleged pedophile without being a bit crass. Anyway, um, one thing that I had no idea about because it was before my time was um, that his former partner was like selling access to him. And like there was a big sting. This was obviously I was very young, so I didn't know. But there, but there was like uh, one of the newspapers set his former partner up and she was getting hundreds of thousands of pounds to arrange a meeting with him. It's just a, just a different world that these people live in. But it's this, it's yeah, the same kind yeah. of thing. It's just it's just so just so brazen. Well, one thing that occurred to me was like um, when you're getting that much money, like like you you said you'd go small. I would go big and then get the hell out. Yeah, you, okay, like, like I would go you big go and be like, I'm going to get caught for this. I'm going to move to a country with a non extradition treaty. Yeah. Um, but but the other thing that occurred to me was you know when they get this kind of money you you go to in, in Japan I don't know what it's like for white collar criminals but like if you're a rich person in jail you can survive in jail mm. and if you squirrel away some of that money you probably still have it when you get out sure oh well I mean I, my, probably nothing's going to come of this is it um well I mean they got they got arrested I mean they, they were legal consequences hmm We'll see. Let, what's what's yeah. the other story for I mean, October? The, the, oh, they were both uh, Olympics bribery stories. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Even more. Ma'am, maybe the Olympics yep. has gotten too big. This is, a, this is actually something. <laughs> 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 it's gotten too big. I think they should just do it with just one country. Uh, well, no, that's not what I'm... Well, I guess, what, what do I mean? I don't know. 
I've I've been I've been reflect I've been reflecting on um you remember something I said on the last episode about my my former uh professor kind of saying that he wants to embrace Japan's decline. It's something yeah. that I was mulling over amongst all sorts of things. So, as listeners know, I participate in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival every year, um, somewhat stubbornly. It's mm. not very rational, not very rational thing to do, but I just enjoy it so much. Uh, like I'm just desperate to make it work. And um, you know that that's that festival has just gotten bigger every year, and they've boasted every year about a record number of sales yeah. and a record number of performances. And I don't know why that's good. You know, like. I was looking this year at, yeah. you know, I was thinking, oh, you know, how how big can I make my show and whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's maybe it just comes with age that you um you kind of want to to start scaling back and this just I don't know, just this presumption that that growth at any cost is a is is a good thing. Um, I get. Well, also, yeah. I mean, it's it's that when something gets that big and it makes that money that much money, it just becomes about the making money and yes. It, everything else is just an excuse for you know the people who are running it are just doing it to make the money and everything else is just an excuse yeah and, and what happens when you operate on a certain scale is players that weren't previously involved are now interested all of a sudden so when it was a, an indie arts festival where you know you, you 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 didn't need a lot of big infrastructure um and everything happened on a smaller scale there were certain big institutional players that didn't want to get involved but now you know there, yeah. there are acts who it's really sad they will pay maybe two and a half thousand pounds for the services of a bit of a pr and they'll pay another five thousand pounds for the services of a marketing agent and they'll pay their venue five thousand pounds you know they're about twenty thousand pounds in debt before they've even stood on stage thankfully i'm not that mad um i do things a little bit differently yeah but oh yeah so just this idea that you know just just growth at all costs everything having everything being bigger I don't know. It's just something I've been I've been mulling over. Maybe I'm just becoming a little bit humble in my old age of 31 years old. <laughs> What's happening in November? Oh, that's my um, that's my story. Um, oh yeah. So this so November was a whole month of political sta- scandals. Let's not um, let, let, let's not um, dive in too deep. But basically, the the current PM Kishida is having a bit of a nightmare. Um, and he he had in November his internal affairs minister quit, um, which I think was the third the the third resignation he had that month, uh, and that was due to um, potentially um, taking bribes. This was to do with he listed a dead person as the supervising accountant on a political funding report. So obviously there was some dodgy money coming into the party somehow. Oh. Um, that was after um, his justice minister resigned for making a joke about the death penalty, which have we talked about the death penalty on this on this um, show before? Uh, no. Mm, okay. Well, I think a lot of people are surprised to hear that the death penalty is alive and well in Japan, uh, and this occurred to me because a meme went round. Um, well, not a meme, but you know, like a, a how beautiful kind of thing, uh, talking about Japan's death penalty system where there are three switches and there are three people that flick the switch, and two of them is a dummy switch, and one of them is the real switch as a way to, um, mm-hmm. as a way to to make it less accountable. In the same way that we, yeah, in yeah. the same way that we call pork pork rather than pig, it's basically that. It's like a little bit of cognitive dissonance, isn't it? Um, well, I mean, they they used to do that with firing squads too, right? Oh yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not, yeah. not a Japanese thing. It's not a Japanese invention. But like all things, Japan refined it and made it better. And then, well, it's it, it's the psychological aspect of it is that you you tell the person flipping the switch tells themselves that they're probably not the one killing them. Yes, right. Yes, yeah. But I mean, that's that's intellectual theatre, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, uh, and then prior to that. Um, he had one of his economic ministers, I forget which one, had to step down because of all the stuff with the Unification Church, which we discussed. Mm-hmm. So that led to a bunch of opinion pieces basically saying, uh, is time running out for Kishida? Um, the average LDP leader lasts for 475 days. That's the stat. Um, and as of November, um, he, he got to 400. So he's now, as we record this in January above average mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, 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 of longevity. So like I said, I have not been paying as much attention since we've uh, stopped doing this to to the point where I think in the last show I referred to Kishida as Kishi. Oh, did you? Just because I couldn't remember his name. Okay. So I think I think we're back in you that. You didn't add um, the Coppola. We're, 
No, I <laughs> no, I left off the Francis Ford. Uh, but so <laughs> we're back in that era of Japanese politics uh, where really like, at, at least for me, prime, like prime ministers don't matter. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. Maybe, maybe um, when, when we do our deep dive, we probably shouldn't. We probably shouldn't call the shows a deep dive, should we? Oscar from the Japan Times might be upset by that. Uh, but when we... is the deep dive over? I don't know. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. I saw he listed himself somewhere as former host. Really? So I don't well, know if somebody the, else. The way is we're going to get it? to the top yeah. is is not by working harder. We found we found that out the hard way. Mm-hmm. The way that we're going to get to the top is all the other Japanese podcasts stop. Um. Well, the, there seems to be a deep dive podcast. No, according to their website, there was one. Um. There was one at the end of last year. Maybe he didn't host it. Anyway, uh, maybe what we should do is is we should look at... Um, oh, no, it seems that there's a different host. There we go. But maybe uh, we, we should do a long-form podcast on uh, Japanese politics, see if we can get some predictions as to who the next prime minister will be. Because we've got quite a good track record, haven't we? In, in getting smart people yeah, yeah. on that have made the right call. Mm-hmm. Nice. Bobby Judo. We're now hustling yes. towards December, which is the last month okay. of the year. So December, I want to switch it up a little bit. I, I want to uh, tell someone else's story. There's so so uh, maybe newsworthy, maybe slightly newsworthy, but uh, good friend of the show and one of our official best friends, uh, Yuki Nibes, has a hilarious story about something that happened in December. Um, I double checked all the details because I wanted to make sure I got it right. Uh, which is not entirely true. Uh, she sent me all the details because she wanted to make sure that I got it right. So she lives in Tokyo and uh, she's a night owl. And she was up one night in December and she was drinking. She was tired and she'd been laying down and trying to fall asleep. And she was just about to fall asleep. And and she lives she lives in an apartment with her husband. And as she's laying in bed in the apartment with her husband, she hears a scream like a long scream and she gets terrified. You know, she, she's thinking either, you know, she's heard a ghost or maybe it's like, uh, she, she, uh, like us is in her early twenties. And so she thought maybe it was like adult onset schizophrenia. It was so real, but there were no signs around. So she just kind of convinced herself, no, no, you're, you're hearing things. You're tired. Maybe it's the drinking, maybe it's the tiredness, just go back to sleep. And she, finally settles herself down to convinces herself she didn't hear it to go back to sleep and she hears it again it's another just long curdling her blood scream couldn't tell if it was a male voice couldn't tell like if it's a female voice it sounds kind of like a mix of both but just terrifying so at this point she she jumps up she runs out of the room to where her husband is and she tells him i'm hearing voices she didn't say she was hearing screams. She just said, I'm hearing voices. She didn't she didn't say I heard it twice. She just said voices. Uh, and he was he was sleeping. So he didn't even check the time or anything sure. like that. And. Uh, ends up doesn't hear it again, ends up getting to sleep that night and doesn't know what happened until the next day. He gets up, goes to work the next day. And after he comes home from work, he says, I know what happened. Do you have any idea what happened? I genuinely no. I, I was I was expecting you were going to end this by going, Ollie. What's the? How do you rationalize this? No idea. Yeah. Here's where it gets newsworthy. Okay. It was the night of the Spain Japan World Cup match. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was the two goals. It was around four a.m. when Japan scored. There are two goals against Spain. Oh, no she way. heard the scream of the first one when they tied the score. And then just as she convinced herself she hadn't heard it and was trying to go back to sleep, they scored the winning goal. Goodness me. So that means that people... Was that, do you reckon that's people screaming in their own homes? Can't be. Well, she lives in an apartment building. Right. So it was... Yeah, it must have been everybody in that apartment building from like the other... The other it couldn't have been like directly next door, yeah. but yeah. Goodness I mean, me. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was all over Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wow. So that was that was so funny. And so that morning, I was up for one of these super early morning shoots, and I hadn't even planned on watching um, because I didn't expect them to win. But people were watching in the uh, the uh, vehicle, the onsite, the Rokesha, the onsite vehicle, mm. and so when. 
Japan scored a tying goal and they were like, oh, this is a game. Everybody kind of gathered around that person's tablet and watched together. And so it's about six o'clock in the morning, I think, after they had won. It was a four o'clock. I think the game started around four o'clock or something like that. But it was about six in the morning when they had won. And I got on uh, Messenger and I messaged Joe from Ishikawa Summit to see. We we, uh, do like a wordle collaboration so he sends me a message and he sent me that morning's wordle collaboration and i replied to him with i can't believe japan beat spain to which he replies you motherfucker (laughs) i had recorded it and was just starting to watch which which if you're gonna wake up at six to watch it just wake up at four to watch it number one (laughs) (laughs) but apparently it was a really good game because um and I, I, I yeah. know nothing about football, but someone told me that what matters in the game is possession. And apparently Spain had the ball the whole time, but Japan was still scoring goals. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was a really exciting game to watch. And um, they're accidentally ruining it for Joe. I, I legit think I ruined his day. He was really, really upset about mm. it. And I felt terrible. But I did, uh, I did spin that into my own joke for one of the uh, broadcasts later in the day. So like the afternoon broadcast that I do for Saga TV, they spent the whole first five minutes of the show celebrating, you know, Japan beating Spain in the World Cup with this little montage. And then they started introducing everybody. And when they cut away to the studio and were introducing people, I just looked so pissed off and was just like, like acting like, like furious. And they were like, they were like, and Bobby's here. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, what what's going on? And I was like, well, I hadn't seen the game yet. You've now just totally ruined it for me. <laughs> I wonder um, how long you can get which, away with doing that which, for. Well, what happened was it got the first laugh and then somebody tried to like segue out and transition and they were like, well, it was a kanjoga afureta shiai, which is like a really emotional, it was like emotions ran hot, passion ran hot in the game. It was like jonetsuga afureta, which is like, it was a game that overflowed with passion. And as soon as they said that, I flipped my shit and I was like, passion overflowed? I just told you no spoilers. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to this show in January and you still haven't watched the game, then our sincere apologies. Yeah. Good. I was leaving I was leaving Paris at the moment that they were about to win the World Cup. Um and yeah. uh, I was absolutely praying that they didn't because once Paris, once France wins anything, they go to the streets and burn stuff, uh, causing the uh, the trains yeah. and the buses to not move, meaning that I would have missed my flight. So, I... Do they not burn stuff if they lose? Yes, I think they do, actually, Bobby. I, I, yes, excuse me for, 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 for getting that cultural insight wrong. I think they are a fan of just going to the streets. Um, and uh, I, was, I was staying near the, the um, Bastille, uh, which is a place where people for a long time have gathered um, and chopped people's heads off, which is a tradition I think we probably mm-hmm. should be bringing mm-hmm. back. Bobby, that's it. We've, we've, covered, every, we've covered every single news story uh, to uh, leave Japan in 2022. How does it feel? Yes, baby. I'll talk to you in 2024. <laughs> All right. See you then. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> we love you very much. Hope to be back soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>